2: Before we start the show, I gotta give you guys the inside scoop on the best electrician in town. That's right, it is Piper Electric. They've been around for over 35 years, and they're the most fairly priced, dependable, and trustworthy electrical... and trustworthy electrical contracting companies in the denver community best part is if you call 202-646-6765 piper electric will hook you up with the dnvr back to school special and you will save 20 percent off your next service call no job is too big or too small so don't forget to call our friends over at piper electric let's start the show
0: Nobody out. Three and two on Charlie. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsey breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis guy. He has
1: done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Dog two hands. Nikola Jokic. Send me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good look. You will see it
1: from Two on home run. Trevor Story. Touchdown.
2: Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast, presented by Breckenridge Brewery, home of the greatest beers made in Colorado. Drew's enjoying one right now as he is officially in the off season. Drew, how does it feel?
1: Well, hasn't been very off yet. Today was a big day. There was a lot to talk about, but uh, the the long nap I took yesterday felt really good. It's
0: always five o'clock when you're in the off season. That's right. <laughs> That's right.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, I've got, as you guys could hear, Drew. Co- Drew Konigsberg. I almost joined you too. Oh. He would be good. He <laughs> would be yeah, good. That guy like sounds like
1: guy. a right. good reporter. Okay. <laughs> Drew
2: Creasman, AJ Hafley, Eric.
0: Dumb? <laughs> <laughs> D-Line Co. <laughs> oh man. Nice.
2: Eric. And Ryan Konigsberg and Andre Simone on the board. And as you guys can tell, we're already having fun. Um there's a lot to talk about in the Denver sports world. Let's start with you, Drew. Just to wrap up, uh, the Rockies swept the Brewers to finish their 2019 season. Some exciting wins. We got to see two walk-off wins.
0: Oh, well, they're just—they went all of our viewers. Everyone yeah. just turned. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Rockies. Bye.
1: That was an objectively hilarious series of professional sports games. I don't care who you are, what sport you're into. That was some of the funniest. I, the Brewers were basically in a position starting the day. Where like their whole playoff odds could ride on this game, and if the Cardinals lost, and they could beat the Rockies, and they could force, they were like the Rockies were in last year, and all this cool stuff could happen. And then the Cardinals just destroy the Cubs early on, and so about the fourth inning of that last game, everybody knew no one's playing for anything. The Rockies have been out of it for a month and a half. Uh, the Brewers knew they had nothing left to play for. They took all their starters out. All these kids are out there. Suddenly we're watching a triple-A baseball game, but they're all trying really hard. The Rockies make a comeback at the end and send the game into extras, which just messes up the Brewers even more. <laughs> and, I'm, and I haven't really said this out loud yet. I'm 80% sure I watched a team purposefully lose and mess that strategy up because they should have purposefully lost four innings earlier. It was... The funniest thing I've seen in a very long time, and I enjoyed every second of that final <laughs> series. I know, I know it was like meaningless to the standings or whatever. Some small measure, especially if, if the Brewers get rocked today by the Nationals and they look tired. I think the Rockies are going to feel a little bit good about themselves and the way they went after the team that unceremoniously swept them out of the NLDS last year.
3: Well, also, they didn't... they save themselves from finishing in the basement, right? So there's tra- like a little there's Char- like a little pride involved. Yeah.
1: Charlie Blackman had a great line about that. He goes he goes, "I guess it's good we're not the worst." <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, I guess.
1: You know, play- players weren't taking too much stock in that, but yeah, I mean, I think some fans did. That it's it's better to not be in last and they're not playing for draft picks at this point, you know, it's it's not that. So, yeah, they needed their season to end well and they needed their young guys to play. And that was the other Fun thing about all these comebacks and the walk-offs that I was talking about—you got Garrett Ham, Sam Hilliard, them being down to the their final out, and Sam Hilliard comes off the bench to face Josh Hader, one of the nastiest left-handed pitchers in all of baseball. one of the nastiest relievers in all of baseball. Yeah. Sam's been in big leagues for three weeks, takes a fastball up and away from him and hammers it the other <laughs> direction for a game tying home run with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. I sent out a tweet. I said, the Rockies basically just ruined the end of the Brewers season just because they could.
0: So good. My favorite part is that, Drew, we have a Slack channel now that everyone's in, and Drew was, like, so hype about so many things that were happening in the series. And I was like, man, this is how I know, like, you're the right guy to cover baseball because it's game 161. The Rockies have been out of it for months, and Drew's still like,
4: look
1: at
0: this baseball game that's happening. It's incredible.
1: Slam Hilliard, baby. Yeah, that was good times. It was. It was a very entertaining end to a really crappy season. And yeah. I yeah. appreciate that. Like, we, you all know, because you've been there, like, you appreciate them playing a little bit of inspired, even when it doesn't matter. If they had just come out and laid out clunkers, what was I going to write or have to talk about the last several days? They gave me plenty of fodder. So,
0: Real quick, what was their, like, if you find, like, a good clip of the end of the season, what was their record at the end of the season? feels like they played good ball for, like, Twenty oh, yeah. games.
1: Oh yeah, I think they like finished eleven and eight or or something like that down the stretch. Yeah.
3: So, now that the season is over, you've had a nap to look back <laughs> and reflect on. So, what is your feeling on the season as a whole? Like, what what will you take from this season?
1: It you know it was just it was super crazy. There were a lot of really bad. I started in the middle of the year calling it the whack a mole season, and I, and I think that's kind of what I'm sticking with. This was a year where. Mm-hmm. A lot of things went wrong that were outside of their control. A lot of things went wrong that were inside of their control. But the biggest problem was that the timing of the things that went wrong screwed everything up. The fact that they had a ton of injuries right out of the gate, so they couldn't get off to a good start. And then they had a ton of injuries right at the end, so they could never recover from some of the other things that happened. People forget that this was a team that going into the month of July – where the trade deadline is, there was still a big question around all of baseball. Are they buyers? Are they sellers? And then they just had the worst month in the history of their franchise. And I really do think it comes down to that July. Oh, yeah. It really comes down to this one month. And while Mm -hmm. I totally understand... The fans and the people in the media who want to go crazy and look at a team that almost finished in last place and say they got to make full-sale changes, they got to get rid of guys, they got to do crazy things because they can't just rely on the fact that they won 91 games in 2018. with mostly the same group and get back there. I do think there is a bit of an overreaction going on to what ostensibly comes out to a month and a half where everything that could go wrong, including, by the way, Nolan Arnauto was terrible in the month of July. He was (laughs) hurt a little bit. But those were the kinds of things. It was whenever one thing started to work out, the other thing fell off. And it it was that way all season. They've got to make some very serious changes. Probably the most important offseason, the history of the franchise right now. So I don't want to undersell that. But they're not going to go crazy, and they shouldn't. There's a very, very good core here that needs to be built around, not torn apart well, and rebuilt. What
3: would you? How would you fix? What would you do?
1: I mean, I I just start going after pitchers. I mm-hmm. I. And do you, the hardest the pitchers want to listen
3: to that. Are they coming here? Like the good pitchers? Do they care about your your sales pitch?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, not not here they don't. Sometimes you have to overpay, and that explains, by the way, some Wade Davis and Brian Shaw okay. and Jake McGee yeah. contracts. You have to overpay to get guys in who've been good, in other places. I I think a better way to go is to, and we've seen them already start to do this with some of the players that people listening to this may have no idea who these names are, but Wes Parsons, Joe Harvey, Philip Deal, these are guys they brought in as minor leaguers. Yeah, we we know those guys. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I know you. You know (laughs) Of course, Eric. (laughs) Wes Harvey,
0: he's the one with the quirky movies, right? (laughs) Yeah, right, yeah, right, exactly. I love
1: him. (laughs) Um, They're sort of bringing in these dudes who are all still kind of in their mid-20s, who it hasn't worked out for them in other places, but they're maybe going to try to retool They don't cost anything, and they just have a lot of them. And we've talked before on on this show about how volatile bullpens can be, and I really think that the thing you got to do is get two or three guys who you can feel like you can rely on and attack the rest of it with numbers. So I don't think it's about signing guys to – the big contracts and getting in the big name and being like, we're going to pay that guy. And he's going to come in and fix our bullpen. I think it's about going and finding some guys on the scrap heap and being really smart about it and expecting that some of the, the players you've had that have emerged this year are going to hold their own. But it, it really comes back to the starting pitching. You're, how good your bullpen doesn't matter if your starters are as terrible as they were for, much of the early part of the season i mean it right? kind of
3: it kind of matters it, right? it, it does
1: <laughs> you you still need a closer and that that messed them up too you they but yeah. they won't be coming out like this is the thing that has already changed that people don't realize Wade davis isn't this team's closer anymore that was a huge problem this year but that's one that at least in theory already has a solution to it and one that the numbers tell us we should all be very confident in with scott oberg he's this team's closer now so there are, there are already some fundamental changes that have taken place kind of under the radar, but th- they need some, some other ones too. But I would attack it more with numbers than with – because they tried the – oh, Brian Shaw's been the most reliable reliever in baseball for six years running. If we bring him in and he just does what he does, then that would have been a great contract. But th- it didn't work. I don't know if you saw this. It did not work <laughs> <Okay>. that way.
2: <laughs> so, Drew, you were at Coors Field today for media availability. What were – Two things you took away. Just two. <laughs> wow.
1: Um, I don't want to start here, but I do have to start <laughs> with the Nolan option thing. Because it was... AJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're so ready to... Uh, it was. It surprised me, I will uh, admit it. And so what happened was Jeff Breidich was asked a question about whether or not the fact that Nolan Arenado can opt out after 2021 puts added pressure on him to compete so that he doesn't walk away. And first, I think he said all of the right things about, like, no, like I should always be trying to build a winner, and no one player should kind of determine our direction. Uh, But then he, and he didn't have to, just admitted that in their contract negotiations, he, Jeff Breidich, was the one who pushed for the inclusion of that option, and not Nolan Arenado.
2: Hmm. Oh. Well...
1: The plot thickens. <laughs> wow. So, a lot of people's first reaction to that was what we've just heard here. Um, and I, I do think, if I can take one step back, because <laughs> part of my issue with this is the framing of a conversation that's been going on for a while, which generally seems to suggest that if the Rockies don't play good, Nero, Nolan are not going to leave. We've been dealing with this narrative for a very long time. This is not new. This is just coming up again because they had a very bad season. And quite frankly, I think it is a fundamentally silly narrative for two reasons. One, I don't think that's how Nolan Arenado operates. I just don't. I don't think he thinks of it that way. He hates losing, and sometimes he expresses that, and it gets sort of twisted into stuff. But I just don't think he operates that way. And two... The Colorado Rockies are not a one-man baseball team. As great as that one man is, they've they've had teams. I watched them growing up as a kid with Larry Walker and Todd Helton, who had some of the best baseball players in the world, and lost 90 games. Position players in particular, the Colorado Rockies, have never had a time in their history where they haven't had two or three great position players on their team. That's why they almost had 3 million people come out to the ballpark this year. That's one reason it's with one of the, re- you come, <laughs> but don't you come to see Nolan and Trevor play? Don't you come to sing tonight yeah. to Charlie Blackman like, and hope he hits one in the second deck. But
3: that narrative is more indicative of how deeply insecure we are as a fan base. <laughs> like we just want to be loved. <laughs> right. We love. We want it. We want it to be reciprocated and Nolan's so good and the Dodgers are so close, uh, And he's from there. And there's all these reasons that we just feel less than. We can't get pitchers to pitch like they pitch in other places when they come here. And, um, you know, it's like a deep-seated thing. Like, what do we do? Like, can the Rockies ever overcome? Can they ever overcome, Drew? Can this happen?
1: Yeah, it, it can. And it almost has a couple of times. And I think that the core they have now, what's funny to me is as I look at the Colorado Rockies on paper right now, they're a better baseball team than they were when they started the season. People aren't thinking about that because of the way they played and because of all the guys who weren't on the field. Uh, we talked about the, you know, the Oberg over Davis thing. Uh, th- there's a whole lot of little things like that. Ryan McMahon's a different ball player than he was. Garrett Hampson's a different ball player than he was. Sam Hilliard is a Diaz and Estevez in the bullpen. There's been a lot of that that's going to be good for them moving forward. But the core is like, like how do you win championships in any sports? you got to have a couple of all-time greats. And the Rockies got some all-time greats. And they're not going to blink from that because they had a bad year. You build around people like Charlie Blackman, Trevor Story, and Nolan Arenado because all of those guys are legitimately some of the best players in baseball. But you have to pitch. So to the end of the Jeff Breidich conversation... I think it is strange that he admitted it, and if it's true, I think it's strange that he went out of his way to advocate for it. But I also think people got to pump their brakes a bit and recognize that there is a plus side to not paying a 34-year-old $35 million. If he decides to leave, the Rockies will be able to figure out another way to get good position players. They've always done it. They'll be able to use that money in other places, and presumably, if he's leaving, they're in need of a rebuild at that time anyway, and that's what that's going to be used for. the The Rockies have done the big guaranteed contracts to guys because we love them, and we never want to see Troy Tulowitzki go away, mm-hmm. and we never want to see Carlos Gonzalez go away. And they signed pitchers to big contracts in the mid two thousands because Mike Hampton and Denny Nagel—they're the answers to all of these issues. It's never worked. So I get why people don't like to hear about the internal improvement. But 95, 2007, 2009, 2017, 2018, all of those years were about their own guys coming up through their systems and taking them on a run into the postseason. It's the only thing that's worked, and it's worked every time.
2: Well, speaking of a possible rebuild, let's transition. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> on to the Broncos, 0-4. Breaking news yesterday, Bradley Chubb teared uh part of his ACL. Tor. Tor. Teared. Oh, well, okay. Both. <laughs> Both. Both. <laughs> um what is the environment like at Dove Valley, Ryan?
0: It's bad. Um, <laughs> it's very bad. Uh this honestly is in a weird way. Um sim- not it's not symbolic in a weird way, but it's almost like what they needed to just pass just pass on the season just figure it out and take this as a season for development uh you know take it to find out if drew Locke is the guy take it to experiment with things with vic fangio like i i know harrison would love this if he was here but like put him in the freaking box what's the worst thing that can happen you lose and you go to 0 and five like the, your winning percentage cannot get worse from where it is now, no matter what you do or try. Uh, so for me, this is this whole season now is about development in every aspect. See if you can develop Malik Reed into a player. He already, you know, has his first sack. He's tied with Bradley Chubb in sacks this season. Um, see if you know uh, you have some guys <laughs> in. in
1: it's technically true. <laughs> is he, it is.
0: See if you have you know a young guy on the offensive line that can come in for Ron Leary because you know that you can't count on him. So maybe you try out an Austin Schlottman in that area. Mm. There's so many things now that I just feel like now that you can punt on this season, and you're probably going to punt a lot of times during this <laughs> season, um, you can at least be at peace with the fact that there, this isn't going anywhere. One team in history, one team. Has made the playoffs after starting zero and four. You're not. You're not going to do that. So, the biggest thing is Drew Locke, and unfortunately, we are counting down the days, and, and it's going to be a few weeks. But we're calling this Locktober because. Oh. He so can you see him coming ball. back oh, how dare in October. You.
1: First of all. Oh,
0: <laughs> Hey, I mean, there's no Rocktober, so at least we can have Locktober. You know what? You're right. <laughs> and the sad thing about Locktober is Drew can't even play in October. He can just practice. Oh, okay.
2: So when do you think he'll be back? Can you give an estimate? Week what?
0: Well, yeah. Week nine is the first week that he can play. Right. Uh, Lock. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to, we're gonna have to wor- uh, workshop that yeah, that's one. That's right. That's right. Apologies. But, uh, we've done Locksgiving. Oh, wow. So, oh, yeah. We've already done all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, Into what December, like, of course. What about like
3: new November, Drew? Mm. Yes, yeah, no, I think. Well, I think mine's the best. I don't really. Care.
0: <laughs> so here's what 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 I would like to see happen is Drew Lock starts in Week Nine. Week Ten is their bye week, and a lot of people would say, "Oh, we'll just start Flacco Week Nine, let Drew take the reins in the bye week, and then roll him out there in Week 10. For me, I think of it. I think that's a terrible idea play him in week nine and then you have a whole week to evaluate hey here's where you went wrong here's where you need to improve and, and kind of soak it in and then you get a full evaluation of this kid that's the only way this season can be not a failure is if you get a full evaluation of drew Locke. and you know what no matter what the evaluation is it's a good thing for you if the evaluation is drew Locke's the guy and he starts putting up 30 points in games and making awesome throws and gives this fan base something to be excited about cool you're rolling in the future, you're probably still going to have a top ten pick, if not a top five pick, and you can use that to build around Drew Locke. If you find out that Drew Locke isn't the guy, that's good in its own way too mm-hmm. because he's not the guy, and now you probably have a top three pick, and you can use it on a quarterback. What
3: about Drew Vember?
2: He's still thinking about it. It's <laughs> <laughs> better.
0: It's better than November Drew.
2: Well, I don't know about that. Aj, we <laughs> talked about this a little bit we yesterday. Can call it No
0: Joe November.
3: <laughs> no Joe November.
2: When news broke about Bradley Chubb, what do you think of the Broncos right now?
5: Oh no! I
4: oh no! Just, you don't <laughs> I throw him that alley oop like that. Oh we
2: haven't oh heard geez. much of him. We no. were talking about it yesterday, so I wanna, I wanna hear what you he have to say. I mean,
4: a lot of what I would have had to say, uh, I think RK pretty much covered. Um, if you're gonna be a bottom five team you have a quarterback that you think could be your QB of the future. You use the second half of the season to evaluate him and see what you have. Uh, If you have a player, then you you probably are still going to have a top seven pick in which, you know, depending on how the quarterback market shakes out and what it looks like in this year's draft class, you know, if you end up with one of those high, high picks, you know, you might be in the catbird seat to trade down and pick up more picks and to build more for the future. Uh, because teams are going to be looking for that quarterback, and you won't be in that market anymore. Um, if you're on the opposite side of that, then you're talking about trying to get involved in Tua and and Justin Herbert and whatever quarterback comes out of nowhere because it happens every year. Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, right. I mean, what's happening? Don't it's happening live. Don't <laughs> don't give me this Jalen Hurts stuff,
0: man. <laughs> hey, if you're gonna spread it out, go for I it. I
4: mean,
3: <laughs> well, so Ryan, like, what do you? Th- what is your sense? Do you think that Drew Locke can be the guy?
0: Yes, hundred um, percent. I <laughs> really yeah. liked what I saw from Ugh. Drew Locke at the Senior Bowl. Um, he's not going to be a finished. He's not just going to walk in in Week Nine and be a finished product. Yeah, but he has the the qualities that this team, not just the Broncos at the quarterback position, this team has been missing for years now, and it's a fire. It's a leadership. It's a swagger. Mm-hmm. All of these things. That, I mean, go down the list: Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, Fire, Fire, Case Keenum, I Joe mean, Flacco. Not <laughs> Jay, one of Jay these. Jay Cutler. R- well, yeah, right. But going I'm going way back in, in these in these last few. Years, none of these guys have fire. None, and this team has not had fire as a result. And and to me, one of the biggest problems right now, and one of the biggest reasons that they're zero and four, is that they they're all nonchalant. It's Joe Flacco's nonchalant. It's, you know, um, Vic Fangio's nonchalant. Even Von Miller in his own cool way is nonchalant. There's no one out there that they're empowering, at least. Philip Lindsay, Dalton Reisner, they have a couple of these guys, but they haven't empowered those guys. There's no one that is just bringing that juice to this team. And and that's my favorite thing about Drew Locke, is he has that in spades. He's a competitor. He's a trash talker. (laughs) He just has... An aura about him that makes guys want to get behind him. As a player, he's got a, he's got a great arm. He's, he can move around a little bit. He certainly has to work on you know getting his feet in the right place before he throws and not just counting on his arm a hundred percent of the time. But can he be the guy? One hundred percent. Will he be the guy? That's what we have to find out this year. One think- positive about Drew Lock. You just went through a list of quarterbacks. A sad list. <laughs>
5: Another, a funner list would be Gardner Minshew, Daniel Jones, Josh Allen. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I'm forgetting some, but what do all those guys have in common? Mason Rudolph Mustaches. with Drew Locke is that we saw them from the sideline with our own eyes at the Senior Bowl,
0: and Drew Locke looked as good, if not better, than all those guys. He most certainly looked better than Daniel Jones. Uh, we, we by hammered, a mile. We, we yes. hammered that in. He definitely looked better than, than Minshew, even though Minshew was one of the guys that we kind of liked out there. Um Andrew was he, consistent. The only one that he honestly didn't look better than, uh, just off the top of my head, is Baker. Mm-hmm. And Josh Allen, I, I, I'd have probably to probably like, more high-end yeah, flashes, but yeah. wasn't as consistent. I'd have as to Locke. put them next to each other, but, yeah. since we didn't see them next to each other on the field. But so,
3: Ryan, so if <laughs> Drew Locke is indeed the guy, and we have an answer at quarterback, then and we have a high pick, wh- like where do you attack first
0: trying to fix? Is it linebacker? Left tackle. Yeah. You said it out. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's left tackle. Uh um, is a good tackle you've class. You've got your guy. You have your guy back there. Protect him. I mean, look at what's happening with the Browns right now. Now they are gonna figure it out, um, because they have so much talent. But you saw those first couple games where they were where they looked terrible. It's because they put this their guy back there and they and they brought in all these receivers and did all this stuff and they had no one to protect him and you have this guy running around. So while Bowls now two straight weeks without a sack or a holding, uh or Actually, he gave up sack the week before. <laughs> two straight weeks without a, a penalty. He gave up one two straight weeks. week so baby without steps. a sack. Um, while it, he's trending in the right direction. It looks like finally in these last couple games, unless he t- truly, you know, just locks it down towards the end of this season, you're gonna have to probably replace that position.
4: I think what makes the lock evaluation so difficult is that he probably isn't going to come up and come in and light it up. You're going to have to find the positives. You're going to have to find the reasons to believe. And you're going to have to take that leap of faith based on what you see because I think it is going to be a really mixed bag. When it inevitably happens this year, uh, you're going to have to try and figure out – you're going you're gonna to parse the mistakes, right, and try and find, okay, what's repeatable, what's an avenue for success for him, and what is it, what does it look like when he's all grown up, you know, a fully formed – Prospect into this is his final form as an as a as a player in the NFL. That's and I think that's where it's really going to come down to. That's going to be the biggest test of this front office and of this coaching staff's evaluation skills um, and their belief in their their ability to develop, which is what they've really really struggled with in the last few years. Because they they are not going. He's he's probably not going to make it easy on them. He's not. I mean, if he comes in and they start putting up thirty points and. You know he's going two fifty plus every week, and he's got sixty five percent accuracy, and he's got a three to one touchdown to interception ratio. Then you're like, okay, well, that's our guy, and you're done. (laughs) You know, like it's it's easy. But if he goes in there, you know, and he's you know he has a nine touchdowns and nine interceptions, and he's got a fifty seven percent accuracy. You know, that's you know, and you're trying to figure that out. Okay, is this good or is this bad? And you're in a top three draft pick spot I think that's that's really going to be Mm -hmm. the true test Mm -hmm. of everybody involved in this process is what's the best route because you're you're swimming through very very muddied waters at that point and you're playing with fire kind of like Cleveland did where they they traded out of multiple Mm -hmm. opportunities to draft quarterbacks high and they built around it and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but that might be, kind of what you look to, as your inspiration to say, do maybe we, this isn't us, maybe maybe do we move we, down. Do, you do know, we factor maybe we, in
3: that they're not that good? The Browns still? I
0: mean, <laughs> they're gonna end up winning that division, probably. Well,
4: and like, and you're still building, yeah. You know, and you're you're you. you so have no. your QB of the future, right? And that's the point is that they sure. got that guy, and it took them a couple of a couple of tries at it sure. because they weren't comfortable with the Carson Wentz, you know, they weren't comfortable getting involved in some of the sweepstakes that their draft pick put them in. So they moved back and they kept building around and building around. And, and I think that that's where that, that might be what Denver has to look at. If, if drew Lock if they do want to stick with it and they do want to take that leap of faith. And if, and if they don't, and you know, then they kind of look at Arizona last year where they say, Hey, we took Josh Rosen 10th, but we really think this is going to be our guy and Kyler and, you know, it's, it sucks, the, the, the value of it is going to be bad, and the optics of it are bad, but if we get this position right, there's no position more important in all of sports to a team's success. It, it, there's just not. And, there, and to be honest with you, there isn't one that comes even particularly close. Goalies. N- not even goalies. Goalies are too volatile these days. 20 years ago, 100%, you needed Patrick Wall, you needed Martin Broderick, and Dominic Koshik. You don't need that anymore. You know, Jordan Bennington just came out of nowhere and won a Stanley Cup as a as the, he was fourth on the St. Louis depth chart going into last season. Well, I mean, season. Gardner
3: Minshew just came out of absolutely nowhere and ru- right, but and ruined my Sunday and and <laughs> like he ruined your Sunday. How many
4: Sundays that guy going to ruin in his career? And maybe my it's a Sunday? lot, a lot. May, you know. Maybe it's a lot. Maybe it's not very many. And this is just one of those things where we we look back on Tim Tebow and we're like, well, that was a lot of fun. You know, maybe Minshew Mania has the same feel to it. We don't know that, but with with the lock conundrum that they're facing it's it's not gonna if he makes it easy for him great but I don't think any of us believe that that's gonna happen he's too flawed of a guy at this point he's too raw
0: it's it's gonna come down to your their eyes you're not just gonna be able to look down on a stat sheet and say he, he's the guy I mean look at Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes started one game before he became a starter it was against the Denver Broncos do you know how many touchdowns he threw zero but you saw it
4: how many games did he win
0: one yeah <laughs> but you saw it you saw with yeah. your eyes okay those are what we need to see from a quarterback of the future drew it's it, there's no i mean it's it would be unlikely for it to just be beautiful across like you said yeah but you should be able to trust your eyes and, and even y- the people sitting at this table should be able to trust their eyes and say yeah that guy's got it
1: yeah how many of his high school teammates went to his birthday party though That's, <laughs> what, that's <laughs> what I mean. probably oh. all of them
0: he's that kind of guy he, he yeah. seems fun
2: all right well we are going to talk about the avs and the nuggets in our next segment but before that we've got to talk about total bev's incredible 30 percent off deal that they're giving specifically to the dnvr family 30 percent off your purchase of 25 dollars or more using the promo code dnvr 2019 online or on their total beverage app they've got everything you're looking for including cbd products and if you get overwhelmed with the hundreds of options they have don't worry they're incredible staff members will help you find exactly what you want don't forget to use the promo code dnvr 2019 for that 30 percent off all right let's talk about the abs okay yay Go Abs! <laughs> they Go. Uh, have their home opener on thursday and miko rantanen is back in the building practicing with the abs <laughs> big moose aj how are you how excited are you for the start of the season
4: how excited am I to watch a Stanley Cup run? Uh, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Pretty, pretty excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting pretty amped up for it. You know, the, the, the beginning of their season is going to be a little weird because they play two games in three days and then they take four days off where I have to just try and find something to do. And then it's, you know, it's time. Then it's it's go time for them. And the this is the most intense preseason in camp that I think I've covered. Uh, they are as deep and as skilled and as fast and as motivated as they've ever been. Uh, this is my fifth year covering them, and none of these teams, none of the past teams, um, even come close to what this group is uh, at all the positions. Um, goaltender is still a prove-it position, but it's a prove-it position every single day, so that's not saying much. Um, but the rest of this team, they finalized their roster in the halfway through that first segment, which mm-hmm. is why people were texting me and being like, oh, I just watched you send that tweet because they finalized their <laughs> roster. Uh, Connor Timmons did make it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, we, uh, had an
2: inter- we had an interview with him on live and on the DMVR Avalanche podcast. Friend of the
0: program. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Friend of the pod. Uh, he did make it. Uh, I fully expect he'll be in the lineup on uh, opening night, probably next to Ryan Graves as that third pairing. Uh, this is the most talented abs, uh, forward core D core that they have had, uh, their defensive group right now, outside of the 2001 cup run when they had two hall of famers and Adam foot, this is probably the most talented Avs defense that they've ever had, uh, just top to bottom. And in terms of like, even the replacement level players are above that level, um, <laughs> i'm i'm excited they're the, the the top line is elite their second line with cadry looks really 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 good uh tyson jose looks like he's primed for a breakout burkowski could be a 20 goal guy for them their bottom six is going to be among the best in the nhl they're going to be absolutely obnoxious to play against they have so much speed up and down their lineup every line has legitimately one guy that can absolutely fly, minimum one guy. Some of them have two. And the defense is – it's its so skilled that – and it's not like the big lumbering, shot-blocking defense of 15 years ago where, you know, you just – you wanted the big guys to, to be physical. All of them can skate. Uh, all of them have some level of puck-moving ability. Uh, there's offensive upside in all of them on some to some level, the intelligence, the the experience, it's the the high-end ability. It's <laughs> it's extremely hard for me to stay measured when I watch this team every day because it's by far the most talented all-around team that they've had in a very very long time.
2: Well, that's so exciting. Yeah, it's,
4: yes. yeah. I mean, it's incredible. I, I mean, I'm. I can't wait to get in Pepsi Center on Thursday. That crowd is going to be buzzing. Calgary is going to come in thinking it wants a little bit of revenge, and it's going to yeah. be adorable.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, Love they
4: uh, adorable. They, uh, yeah, you know, like you pinch the little cheekies like yeah. the grandma. Like, oh, that's so cute. cute. Yeah. Look at you getting up <laughs> 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 and and like I, you know, win or lose, I don't. I'm, I'm not worried about Calgary. Um, the Avs the abs last year showed what they could do to those guys And they only got a lot better um, I, I The Central is the only reason that I've kind of tempered Some of my expectations and such Is because the Central Division It's so deep and it's so talented uh, But Colorado's can hang with any of them Honestly, and night in and night out uh, I think Nathan McKinnon Is going to push for the heart this year that dude is on a totally different level right now, mentally. Mm. You know, I, I talked to him the other day, and he basically said, The next seven years of my life are the best I'll ever be at, at this game, and I have to make that count. If we don't win something meaningful, then it was all for nothing. And that's, Ooh. you've got you've <laughs> to have.
3: It's a little existential. Like yeah. that's, well, and I
4: think that's what the Broncos are missing. They're missing that, that soul. And, you know, that that fire, that that absolute, like, I have to do this. Like I absolutely have to do this. I have been given these gifts. I have worked my ass off to make this uh, to, to maximize every inch of of my ability. If we do not win anything, then it was it then it was meaningless. All I did was make money. And that's the attitude that he's coming in with. And when your best player who is a top three player in the NHL, has that attitude and works the way that he does every single day in practice, there's no excuse for anybody on that roster to come in and loaf, loaf around and to not take it seriously and, and to, to, to mail in any kind of effort on any given day because the top of that roster damn sure isn't doing it. And if they don't make any kind of a serious run this year, I'll be really, really surprised.
0: All of this sounds amazing. Here's my question. My one question.
4: Can they stop pucks?
0: No, <laughs> um, a, that is a good question. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my concern. Yeah. Um, the Rockies have me freaked out um, because I did the
1: same thing as he was running down, and when he said, this "Is the most talented team I've ever covered," I thought, "Oh man!" Just I said,
2: <laughs> "No deja vu." Here, I said that coming <laughs> into
1: the year,
0: but yeah. And here's here's what I know: baseball is very unpredictable. Right. Pitchers have kyle Freeland seasons where just it was there and now it's gone yeah. and now you got to go find it with the nuggets i i feel i just know Jokic is still a top five player he doesn't right. just all of a sudden stop being amazing right where does hockey fall on this scale in terms of can it go away a little bit yeah
4: yeah you can get complacent uh it's really hoping he was going to say no. No, I mean, it's, I mean, like, it's in terms everyday, of like a
0: player-to-player uh, player basis. Yeah, it's
4: an everyday grind, man, and you've got to be committed to it. Every single day, you have to be committed to being the absolute best version of yourself. The The league is too good. It's too skilled. The coaches are too smart. They know how to stop you, and that's why the Avs went out and they got deeper. They didn't necessarily say, hey, we need to improve all of our top-end guys here. It's that they went out and they said, all right, well, our second line last year was a problem. We got to our we're, – we're running down our lineup and we're saying, all right, what are we comfortable with? Oh, we love our first line. Our second line, yeesh. And then you keep going down that list and you, you get to a black hole of a fourth line that gave you nothing last season. And this year, they're going to have one of the top fourth lines in the NHL. I've said it all summer. Huge. I firmly, firmly believe that the depth that they added means that they will have a, a, a fourth line that – at times we'll probably get overplayed to people's annoyance but we'll be super reliable and really good two way and they're going to be able to chip in offensively and do some work and what does you know what's the variance on that if McKinnon drives the bus the way that I think he's going to this year and put up a 110ish points mm. I don't know that it's going to matter a whole lot man like Just, it's they have to as long as Miko and Mac Are who they are, they'll be fine. Even with Landy, even if Landy regresses a little.
3: There's something, though, those two sports that you mentioned are the physics of those sports are different from basketball, certainly, where. The shape of the puck is so strange. Like, you right. n- you never possess the puck. You're only ever pushing it forward. Like, baseball, there's just so many weird physic- physical things that happen, like bad bad bounces. In basketball, You, the, the best team always wins a series. Yeah. Like they always win a series because they are holding the ball they are dictating what happens where it goes in hockey it's like bad bounces happen like yeah. there's no bad bounce where like it yeah. goes into your basket the, the <laughs> other team's <laughs> basket or something
4: random like. variance is obviously a huge part yeah. of and it's one reason why the Stanley Cup is probably the hardest trophy to win for sure because you have to you have to find your way through four of those things absolutely four best of 7 in which you are subjected to random variance and the highest talent level possible in the world yeah. and then the 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 difference in the postseason where you can hone in on a team's weakness and you can just you know, like sure. a like a bird against a window, you can just keep tapping on it until the other team can't take it anymore. Right. And eventually that glass breaks and it's over. And you know that it's just totally and it's kind of like the NBA in that way where the best teams they they can take away, they figure out ways to take away certain aspects of games in the postseason, right. in the NHL, and it's just—it's a brutal grind. They call it the second season for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's—it's it's a three-month grind every single day. I remember. I literally felt it. Yeah, I was yeah. In my own. Yeah, body. absolutely. Aww. Yeah, I didn't well, pay we my taxes so like, because last year was, was wild. <laughs> yeah, we were. It was it was you know and the uh, nuggets and abs e- alternating days yeah. and then it was, there was incredible
2: like, but also took years off my life.
4: Well, and then there was like the one you know we're we're in uh, at a watch party for game two, and like the nuggets series oh had just God. started and we're watching we're watching both at the same time. Oh, yeah, and like
0: they and, like, both like, went down to the wire. Right, and, and, and it was so an stressful. And it was just
4: like right, and you know Murray misses that elbow jumper, and yep. you're just Ugh. like. oh, my
0: and then I call, of course, that like McKinnon's going top shelf for the winner, and then he does. Uh. <laughs> oh, got to throw that one
2: in <laughs> And there. It,
4: was, it was just a different – That I think their success, getting back just to the abs, though, that I think their success uh, only drives them because they saw last year, they okay, we won a series. We got to game seven against San Jose, who everybody loved, and then San Jose lost a whole lot over the summer, including Don Scoy to, to Colorado. And now Colorado's feeling themselves a little bit, you know, they're and not and not in a way where they're like Oh, we're super good. Hockey. Everybody's yeah. gonna lose to us. Like they're like, We got this. Like <laughs> like they're gonna walk into every single game knowing there's no talent disparity anymore. Yeah. Every level of that team can match up with the opposing team every single night. And not only that, but I mean So many young guys, they're going to get better as the year goes on. You know, Kale McCarr game one is not going to be Kale McCarr come playoff time again. He's going to be, you know, the Super Saiyan version of Kale McCarr. It's going to be next level.
3: Although Kale McCarr scored a goal in game one of his NHL career. Right.
4: (laughs) But that's in. I mean, oh
0: God, I'll never forget <laughs> just the buzz in no, that, that stadium that every time the puck was on his stick. That was building so awesome. will
4: never be recreated. Oh, that that feeling that was incredible. I've it goosebumps. was it was a unique experience because of all the factors, right? Yeah. And I think Kyle McCarr and Nathan McKinnon are going to bring a nerfed version of that every night this year.
2: Hmm. Well, they've also been Ooh. here already. They two years ago. They oh. made it to the first round. Mm-hmm. Then they felt it. They felt that loss. Now last year right. they made it to the second round. And they and were they just happy to be there. Loss. Year one, let me yeah. let me
4: tell you, those dudes were like, What happens happens. They were very content to have just made it. Their Forrest playoffs was game eighty two. Yep. And then when they when they dug into that series and they were two two, you know, and they're and, and or they were uh, they were three two coming back home. Right. They were just spent like they they had just between game 82 and between the all of that. They were they were just they had run out of that emotional energy and all of that built towards their success last year where they understood. okay, make the small plays, do the little things here and there, blow out the flames because they're not actually that good. (laughs) Shut down Johnny Gaudreau because he shook and, you know, and All of that built towards we can take on San Jose. Yeah, and they came that close. They did. and, and I feel go- like
2: that just adds to this year. they, they yeah. were they tasted it. Now it's like, let's like, go get it.
4: Now they're now they're really, really good. Mm-hmm. they're really, really mad and they also believe in themselves in a way that they just haven't in the past.
0: And it fits perfectly with Malone yesterday saying he's telling the team, this is not an 82-game season. This is a 110-game season. You can't say that when you haven't been deep because those guys probably felt how their bodies felt at the end of that thing. And that's a totally different thing. So Bednar should be saying the same thing. You guys should be praying for 110 hockey games this season. And and when they made the playoffs that first time – that's why they were spent because they had never been there. They didn't know what it's like. Now they've not only been there twice in a row, they've been deeper. They realize, okay, this is a totally different ball game. And yeah. like you said, the second season.
4: Yeah, and they if they leave it to the last season, last week of the season to clinch a playoff spot, oh. they're going to be really disappointed in themselves because their goal, they're not messing around, man. They want home ice. They want they want Game One of their first round playoff series to be in Pepsi Center, and they they want to whenever whenever whatever poor poor opponent gets matched up against them, you know whatever whatever eighth seed rolls in in into Denver that night, you know after they've won the Central, that poor team is going to get waffle stomped. like because this (laughs) is waffle stomped. This is this is a team that's not messing around. I can't emphasize that enough, like. I've been cool about this all preseason <laughs> and been like, oh, there's lots of things that can go wrong because that's my job. But just from my my personal opinion here, they're not kidding. And they're, they're putting it together where they're going to put... I think v- Colorado and Nashville are going to have a really, really, really fun race for the Central Division. And Nashville better enjoy raising that banner because it may be a while before they do it again.
0: Ooh. I... Love this. I love everything you're saying so much. And I love that it's on this podcast because there are a lot of people out there who uh, are DNVR subscribers because of Drew and I, and they're just searching for something right now. And I think the AVs. For real. And, <laughs> and Nuggets. Those That's it. Have a massive, right. massive, massive opportunity in front of them to take the city and say, hey, 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 we know, we know, those guys are great, the Broncos, you love them, and the Rockies too, come over here, yeah. <laughs> come have a hug. Yep. <laughs> we'll bring you in, and let's go have a really, really fun sports season together. And I truly believe that this is like a quintessential moment in both of those franchises to capture Denver and run with it. Absolutely.
4: This is, this is where, honestly, this is where that they prove that there's an off season.
0: Yeah, and 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 this doesn't have to mean waning support for the Broncos. It's not as if there's only so right. much support it's not, the city it's has not to give. It e- doesn't
4: have to be either or. They play Sundays, right? So there's a whole lot of other games. The Avs don't even play a Sunday game until like March.
0: Like I don't have kids, but people always say when you have another kid, you you don't love them any less. La- like right, you just exactly. find more love. Denver has more love to give, and and the Avs and Nuggets can totally take that and run with this season.
2: Well, with that, the Nuggets had media day yesterday. They are around 25 days until the regular season starts for them. Uh, our Nuggets representative today <laughs> <Not> is Eric.
3: <laughs> Not expert, <Representatives>. <laughs> representative.
2: Representative. <laughs> yes. Because our DNVR Nuggets guys are in Colorado Springs at training camp at the moment. Uh, yesterday, how dare they? I know. How, how dare they do their so job? <laughs> Terrible. Yesterday, from everything we heard from Media Day, it seems like the Nuggets have that same type of mentality. You were talking about, AJ, with the Abs. I mean, there's this relaxed confidence, quiet confidence. Quiet it's confidence. Not, yeah. It's not cockiness, but they they know who they are, and they know what they're capable of, and they're not letting it slip away from them this year. At least that's what was portrayed by a lot of media members yesterday at Media Day.
3: Yeah, across the board. I mean, I, <coughs> I was following closely. As a correspondent or as a, a, well, my place on this board, I I am the everyman here. So I I have the the uninformed everyman's uh, view of the Nuggets, who I love. And I am a season ticket holder. And uh, I go all the time. I watch all the games. I get, I've gotten really engrossed in the culture. um, And, but I don't, you know, like, I watch it as a fan, like a pure fan. And so watching yesterday, all of the things that were coming out of media day, I mean, everybody sort of said that it was kind of uh it was low-key and Mm -hmm. and like you said there was a a real quiet confidence which is just not a phrase that you hear bandied about when you're talking about the nuggets it's sort of like you know like are we did we finally figure it out like who are these guys is the core real are they legit like are they actually going to come into their own um is it going to be just another you know carrot dangled in front of us where we start to see promise and then some and then nug life strikes and some like (laughs) terrible thing happens like you know like we can't watch them on tv or something (laughs) and (laughs) right but and
4: i wasn't gonna bring any of
3: that up (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) right but so the nuggets are going into this year where there's actual hope and there's actual real expectation for performance because you know what we saw last year it was not a fluke i mean it was You know, ever since the Malone era began, we've been on this path and it sort of represents like what you want to be actually true when you're talking about building a team where you start to, you bring in a rebuild and then every year you improve and you get better and you get better and you get better. And, you you know, now we're to the point where we can start to have real expectations of this team. Um, Not only that, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, the NBA was insane this offseason with yeah. the, the shakeups. Like, I, I literally I have no idea who plays for who anymore. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, I, I'm,
0: I'm going to have to <laughs> get like
1: a primer.
3: I know. Like, I see I see photos coming out from other teams' media days, and I'm like, oh, right. What? Like, <laughs> is this like an All Star? Oh, no, no, no. They're on the same team now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we have no idea what the chemistry is going to look like. I mean, every team looks scary in that they have like two dominant players put together. Um, you know, there's Kawhi and Paul George in in Clipperland, and then Anthony Davis yeah. and LeBron James. I mean, it's it's
0: Harden the, and Westbrook. Harden yeah. and
3: Bre- I mean, it, well, we're, we're truly in the NBA so Jam era of the in, of of the NBA, where you just have two dominant guys, and so. You know, you got to
1: think that th- at this it's point, like NBA Jam, remember? Yeah, back in the nineties. Literally,
0: it, you, what he just said. Just <laughs> <know>. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: I, yeah, but, the, but they got to bring back the goggles, man. I'll uh, bring they, it back. Uh, absolutely, they got to bring back all <laughs> of the, the Horace Grant that, goggles. Yes. going to make it work. The
4: greatest <laughs> accessory in sports <laughs> history. Yeah. yeah, it's so
3: true.
0: You imagine Jokic in a pair of those? Oh yes.
2: my God! <laughs> no. wow. We've
3: got to do this I have several times. <laughs> Let's do this,
2: um, Eric. We're going to need your Photoshopping skills after the podcast. I'm
3: happy to donate them. This is something I feel good about. It. Jokic and
4: glasses. But, uh, you know, they're goggles.
2: Uh,
3: whatever. I, I'm the he could, who's he could photoshopping go scuba him?
4: diving in those things. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it's like it's amazing because the Nuggets have like true continuity in a way that other teams don't have. And so it's been talked about. And I'm, I'm a believer in the fact that a lot of these teams are going to be trying to figure out what their identity is with all of these new alpha dogs sort of vying for that spot. And it's going to take time. Um, and the Nuggets don't really have that. They added Jeremy Grant in the offseason who um, looks to come off the bench. Um, the only real question is at the three, we don't really know who's going to mm-hmm. be starting there. Uh, it sounds like probably Will Barton. Um, Interesting quotes about that
5: yesterday. Yeah, right. it open competition. Like an open competition. Yeah, absolutely. But which means
2: Michael Porter Jr. isn't out of the question.
5: He's one of the four in the mix yeah. with yes. world champion Juancho Hernangomez Gomez <laughs> uh, and Torrey Craig,
4: right? Yeah, absolutely. But, oh. And Barton, who you mentioned already. I tell you, if, if Tory Craig has a significant role again. Uh, he's, I mean, he's like. Remember the game 3 that
5: saved them, though? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the game. Craig, though, <laughs> is yes, the kind the of guy Craig who, game. against a team like the Clips, you kind of need a guy like Craig. Yeah, you need a lockdown guy. You need guy. a guy like Grant. Right. You know, like.
3: You need a lockdown guy that can make sure that CJ McCollum doesn't go off in game seven and uh, <laughs> break your hearts and your dreams. Uh, Dude, but, too soon. I know. Well, listen, you have no idea. I mean, that's the funny thing is, like, I'm so deeply Nuggets focused, and I like haven't quite turned the page because it was so intense at the yeah. end of last season. Like, I was emotionally uh, destroyed. Like, I, I like, I didn't, I didn't really know who I was. I was looking deep in the mirror, <laughs> and like, I don't, know, I'm not really ready to return to that. <laughs> but at the same point in time, like, I'm just so excited to see what Michael Porter Jr. is. He's just this like phantom, like this promise of like what could be this otherworldly talent that we got so late in the draft and we're gifted. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just like it's if you are into the Nuggets, um, it's a very exciting time. And like Ryan mentioned, if you're new to the city and you don't have like all of these old... Uh, hang-ups with the idea of the Nuggets, uh, the Nuggets have a major opportunity to seize a huge fan base. And all of these people that are coming to Denver, it it all ties in with the rebrand. The uniforms are cool. You want to rock them. They have a uniform that says Mile High City, which they never had before, which was insane that they didn't have that before. And there's just something about like owning the idea of Denver and Emblazoning it on your chest and like people wanting to stand you and and you know like come to these games and it's just like right there for them and they just need to to seize it.
0: I love hockey and I love the Avs and and I, I I'm huge into it but it has um kind of an exclusive fan base is is that how you would call it? Yeah. The Nuggets I feel like are the perfect can be the perfect team for like The new Denver, absolutely, you know, because Denver, whether people like it or not, is really, really changing. It is, and there's a ton of new people. And the NBA at the exact same time is totally capturing young people, and there's so many young people around the city right now. I truly think that that the Nuggets, while the Broncos will always be Denver's team, the Nuggets can be the new the 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 team of new Denver and kind of you know and and really grow. With the city at the same time, and the abs will, are always going to pick off people as they go. Yeah. But this—it's it, the mix of the NBA, which is totally blowing up in, in younger demographics, and all these young people coming to Denver at the same time. When I
4: think Jokic is the perfect superstar for Denver. <laughs> okay. Like the Without question. You know, kind of like kind of like this like goofy like
2: weirdo like like where
4: did you come from like <laughs> you know because Denver's kind of out here in the Rocky Mountain region on its own. G- like completely as, as kind of, and I'm sorry, SLC people who may listen to this. I'm not sorry. Get, ups- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. get upset about this, <laughs> but uh, retract <laughs> but that apology. Like, <laughs> right there you. <laughs> yeah, I'm really not that sorry. I guess, <laughs> <laughs> but like, they are. You know, Denver's kind of like the unofficial capital of this whole region. Definitely. Yep. And you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a weird, you know, group of a lot of different people. And Jokic is kind of like a goofy face of oh. of a franchise in the NBA, where you have. Like some the of these coolest are, dudes, right? Like these dudes are the swagger. Is right, so important. And, and like this dude's like, like riding horses and like, you know, he's got dancing like, dancing
0: with his shirt off, <laughs> hanging from a tree. <laughs> right. Which he like, said
2: was his mic drop moment.
4: Like, <laughs> like, like we're joking about this dude wearing goggles because it's like, ah, we, we can he's, see he's it. weird <laughs> enough. It like, could happen. And, and that's, know? and like, that's
3: the genius of the way that this team has been constructed in that Tim Conley. And it's been stated as such, like he recognizes that there are certain personality types that don't Want to play in Denver? They just don't want. They want that spotlight, right? They and and
4: you, they want that you, star feel. You,
3: yeah, and you have all of these euros that, like, you look at Denver and it's like not that dissimilar from where they're from. Right? This so dude like, comes
4: over from Serbia and he's like, "What's the problem?" Yeah, <laughs> like this <laughs> you know, is awesome. Jamal Murray's from Kitchener and he's right. like, "Oh, this kind of reminds me of home." Yeah, a like then. and they see what okay. we see it's true, in
3: Denver. It's true. They don't just see it as uh, you know, like a place to build their brand.
4: Where there aren't
0: like. Dope clubs with <laughs> yeah. like right. valet parking. Right.
3: Yeah. So
5: it, we do have I dope hope...
0: clubs and valet parking. Really? So people know. There are really? some. I, of them. Thought, Tell us I more, thought you try. were
2: the dad now. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know that he that is says an option if you do want no. it in Denver.
0: I've yet to find it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, hope I think they have valet, valet true, parking at Shotguns way, <laughs> because Dopey. I I
1: two of my long suffering nuggets fan. Hey, as a Colorado native who grew up here. <laughs> I've seen this movie play out a couple of times before. You talked about people from out of town who might be hung up on the Nuggets' past. Well, I'm a little hung up on the Nuggets' past, here, buddy. I, well, th- I'm saying when I n- was a kid, Nick Van Exel was their best player. You would come to have a Nick
0: Van Exel jersey. Uh, yeah,
1: you come to see the Nuggets based on who it's they the were player. playing. Not, that's a, you know, well, that's what but I mean. Then I dove in so hard in the Carmelo years, and I think that's why I'm hoping what you guys are saying here about Jokic. Is true because Carmelo had the talent, and I honestly still believe that team could have and probably should have won a championship. 100%. And I even think if he'd have stayed, they'd have won a championship. If you look at what they built, around him like just through the draft like he never really had an earnest opportunity to play with ty lawson and kenneth farid who were the exact kind of players that carmelo anthony always needed when he was here and guys who don't her. want the ball exactly <laughs> guys who want to do all the little things and let that dude shoot and as soon as carmelo left it, you, uh, there was this whole oh they're a better team now because they play this team basketball but there was also the obvious elephant in the room who wants to take the last shot? Yeah, there was no and elephant they, on the court. There yeah. wasn't that guy. So as much as some people were happy to see Carmelo go, and it crushed me, I'm not going to lie, um, it, it was—it created a whole other problem that people wanted to look past, and they didn't get it solved until they got Jokic. And now I'm like, don't do this to me again, bro. True. Don't break my heart. Can True. I start going back to Pepsi Center True. this year? Because I haven't for a couple look of years. Look deep into my
3: eyes right now. <laughs> <laughs> get weird. True? I, yeah. Eric? Um, do you want to go on vacation together? <laughs> oh, no, no. I mean, uh, 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 do you, you can you? trust in Jokic. Jokic is the most skilled player I can remember watching. He possesses absolutely zero athletic ability. <laughs> the, 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 he's the least athletic player I've ever seen play in the NBA. Aww. And he dominates because he has something you can't take away, which is I heard him interviewed and he said that wherever he wants the ball to go it just goes <laughs> mm. and so he's a wizard <laughs> he's a wizard and he's yoda. A, he, and he's a, and he's a genius <laughs> basketball wizard yoda. Yoda. he's so a genius yoda. he is he is yoda he's much <laughs> taller than yoda Sure, he and Yoda, as we as we found out, very athletic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, that's the so report right there. But um, like episode two reference? Right? <laughs> but, oh
3: but the thing is, is that the, no, the, the Nuggets are for real, and it's it's like we were saying. There's not the variance in this sport that there is right. in others, where you're just hoping that things bounce your way. Like you just have guys that learn how to play together, and they're getting better and better. And I'm getting I'm getting played off. Is the he, music is played. Is he I'm done?
0: Is he Hagrid? Not um, athletic, <laughs> wizard.
3: I need to see Hagrid uh, with the high pick and roll before. All right. There
2: it. we go. All right. Well. We obviously have huge smiles on our faces, and we're going to have that hopefully all throughout abs and nugget season. And if you want to have a beautiful smile during that time, our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group hey, are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. It's seriously the easiest way. You All you have to do is take care of your teeth. Check them out today online or call them at 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment uh, Portman. Oh, my God. I can't talk. Your appointment. And by the end of it, you can get a free Sonicare toothbrush. All right. So we've already gone pretty long. So we're just going to go right into who won the week. And for our live viewers, I'm going to play the jingle on my computer. Hey. Who did
5: the most and who did the least?
3: Who
2: was the dog? Um, Well, last week, Mel Tucker, this man right here, Mel Tucker took the lead, and he beat Juancho for winning a um, world championship for the second week in a row. Well, Miko (laughs) won first last week, then Mel Tucker won, uh, so Juancho has yet to win the week.
0: And Adam blames it all on Harrison. He did. It's funny, Miko won again this week. Listen. Hold on. (laughs)
4: Uh, All right. $55 million. (laughs) Good.
2: (laughs) Okay, so, well, let me pull out my timer. I was going to say, so, Mel Tucker won by 67% for leading the Buffs to a huge win, in all caps, in in shorts. shorts.
3: Well, he didn't win by 67%. He got 67%. Okay, he
2: got 67%. (laughs) Um, the Broncos, because they found an, an offensive identity, got 6%. That didn't <laughs> last for too long. And they also
0: did follow up that with a really solid offensive performance. Yeah. In fact, by yards per play, it was their best performance on offense since Peyton Manning left. So well, Brandon might have been onto something.
3: Well, it turns out their identity is a losing team that plays pretty good.
0: Yeah, it's a -a whack-a-mole thing. They whacked one down, and then they stopped stopping the run. And
2: then Juancho Hernan Gomez, because he is still a world championship. Champion got twenty seven percent. Come on, so he might be one and zero
0: oh in world championships, Please. but he is zero oh and two in who won the week. <laughs>
2: also, I oh wonder no if he no. was
5: at the last world championships if that stat is even correct. Ooh, true. Yeah, he might be one and one.
3: So,
2: um, a lot of people wrote in a vote saying that DNVR won the week, which we appreciate you all for Aww. saying that. So sweet. That's,
3: by the way, that was my argument.
2: Though. That was. It didn't even make the but poll. We we've, I've yeah. felt we weird. Like, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: Being like, hey guys, we won the week vote for us it felt a little weird um,
4: I mean, well, in like reality we win every week so <laughs> i guess it's because we get to do this see, that we get to work worse. with
2: each other <laughs> that's Aww. right
4: it's the friends we
1: made along the way right
2: yeah, there we go there we i thought go. it was
1: because there's colorado core in the office
2: <laughs> that, that could be too okay <laughs>
1: we're gonna see a lot of drew around here aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> coming in for those audio stories <laughs>
2: <laughs> Free beer. um all right we're gonna go with drew you get to start why did the rockies win the week go
1: they won the week because their season mercifully came <laughs> to an end. It's over. They will not lose another baseball game for several months. <laughs> uh, and that's actually, it's it's a combination of things. They really did need this season to just come to an end, and and that's legitimate. But also, as I was talking about earlier, the way their season ended, they there were a handful of guys that could give them a, some hope moving into next season if they played well down the stretch, and every single one of them did. And they've got to feel good. About the young players like Garrett Hampson, Sam Hilliard, I've named all the names before, but the, the Rockies <laughs> won the week because they messed up the Brewers' day like fantastically and in hilarious fashion. Yeah, but also seconds. because they finished their season out in as positive as a way as they possibly could, given everything that's happened this year.
2: All right. And he finished in 51 (laughs) seconds. Um, AJ.
3: I love how crestfallen you are. You you can't buzz people. Do You see, I I have it pulled (laughs) up on
2: my computer. I've got the sound ready. (laughs) AJ, why did the Avs win the week?
4: Uh, I think Miko and the Avs win the week just because Miko gets $55 million. The Avs get their star right winger for six more years. Uh, Their top line is going to be elite in the NHL. And... Getting them all put back together makes them whole again. And if you saw uh, any of the reactions at practice yesterday, you'll know that everybody is very excited to have him back. And he just makes them a much deeper team. And they would not have been a Stanley Cup contender without him. So, uh, Miko re-signing is, uh, is it.
2: All right. Time. You finished with 48 <laughs> seconds. Eric, please let me let me hit the buzzer. <laughs> well, I, why did the Nuggets win the week? Go.
3: Right. Well, I'm gonna wait for ten or so seconds to start then. The
2: you should have seriously just waited just been like <laughs> the nuggets won you the week because
3: the, <laughs> the, the way that you're talking about the avalanche is entirely applicable to the nuggets as well like we have officially entered into a championship window we are about to see whether or not we got the greatest steal from a draft in a very long time somebody that was projected to potentially go number one we get at 14 uh we, he just has a red shirt season um and the reason that they win over the Avalanche is that their opening game is much further away, so there's much better chance you'll be able to actually watch it.
2: He went there. <laughs> oh he yeah. went there, and I he mean, finished uh, with 41 seconds.
4: I would say I would say that's that part of it is true. Yeah, that's <laughs> why they won the week. Well, and, and you're in, you're you're facing
3: peril that has to uh, count against your. The apps actually
4: play games though, and not play media games. You know, oh, we're really excited. You this know? Is a the a are the, actually on the ice. This is
3: a show for the fans, AJ. So,
2: okay, well, Ryan, let's. Are you are you gonna do the Broncos? Or are you gonna no? Okay, well.
3: conscientious objector.
0: Uh, I won the week because my Miko Rantanen jersey is good for six more years at least.
3: Yeah.
2: You want to give a serious one now? Um. That was a funny one. Now let's go. Me and me. <laughs> All right. It affected your time. You have to, you're have 13 seconds. All right. Well, Mel Tucker won the week. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, <God.
0: laughs> because he there's this win. dope video that came out about him
2: wow. in which they went
0: inside of his office and showed off his entire shoe collection. And he has an incredible shoe collection. And not only is it like the Jordans and the Nikes, but he's got like Prada shoes and like Tom Ford. And it was just the ultimate flex. And you just have to imagine that kids all over the country are watching this video that went semi-viral and saying, wow, I got to go play for that guy. So if you can win a bye week, Mel Tucker did it.
2: God damn it. Can I, can I just <laughs> finish with 52 say seconds? that?
0: I think it's so wrong that
5: Drew's been forced... All summer, no to one make is an Argument Drew. for the Rockies he winning the week. He could have done the Grand Junction and three weeks what in. Backchubs. <laughs> I was gonna say that. The it's so Do you, you have a candidate?
1: <laughs> also, Courtland so Sutton. No also, there's
3: think? there's no child on earth oh, yeah. that's looking at uh, coach with Prada shoes and and planning his future around that.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, they they probably like the Jordans. Should have stopped little
3: bit at the Jordans. The yeah,
0: the Jordans a little better. <laughs> but I don't know. It I By the way, no one is forcing Drew to pick anyone.
2: (laughs) 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 He could have chosen the Nuggets or the Avs.
1: I could have gone with Garrett Hampson again just to do it.
0: I thought you should have. We could have
1: used you on our side.
0: If I was going to go Broncos, I probably would have gone with Cortland Sutton because he's slowly but surely stacking performances on top of each other where it looks like, oh, okay, that guy can be a number one receiver. And for a team that is rebuilding, to know that you have that guy is, is huge. Honestly, they kind of
4: do win the week because this is a team that needs to rebuild and in order to drill that home into their front office, they need to lose games and they are this close to being two and two and thinking that they're super in it. And this is might this might be the best thing for them in the long run is that this sucks today. But they weren't going to make the playoffs anyway. So being two and two would have just driven them down a path where, you know, maybe the trade deadline rolls around and they're like, man, we're not going to do that because we're in it because we won those two games in the first four. You know, they lost those two games. Now they're 0 and 4. There's no there's no illusions in that
1: locker room now.
0: Okay, let's go back in the podcast. And I'll just say that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nah, man, Mel Tucker's got nice shoes. I don't know why we're still <laughs> talking. <still laughs> I, I,
2: I, I love you all Buffs fans, but if that wins <laughs> over Miko, over the Nuggets.
4: I mean, it's Miko and just like the general excitement Miko. around yeah. around the Avs. And like there's there hasn't been this kind of like people were excited last year. Oh, they made the playoffs and Nathan McKinnon broke out and like he almost won the heart and it's going to be fun. This isn't like excitement. This is like, hey, we think you're gonna compete for a Stanley Cup. Yeah Not like, woo, let's go back to the playoffs and maybe something can happen and you know, maybe you get a little frisky and you beat somebody. This is like we're gonna compete for a Stanley Cup. Like this is like a championship thing. The same thing that's going on with the nuggets, except that they're not playing real games yet.
0: Hopefully someone picked up on this, but I won last week with Mel, F- Mel Tucker fashion. And I'm just trying to go back to what works. <laughs>
2: <laughs> With that, Andre, do you have a who won the week selection? I think
0: what AJ said is great.
2: About the Because,
5: you know, best predictions were like eight and eight. But now you can go all in. It's uh, Draymond and DeMarcus up front. Justin Simmons is in the middle of a great season. Joe Joseph Jones, I always confuse. Joe Jones. Joe Jones. He's going to be back. Short. I'm really high on Joe Jones. You know, the offense starting to look to good. good. Yeah. Reisner might be one of the best guards in all of football he's already. Yeah,
4: he's really, really good.
2: So
5: uh, quietly, the the young core is blossoming. Well, it's, they it's should be five hundred. And, right? and Lindsey
4: Freeman looks like a, a duo yeah. that you can build around for the next few years. They need to yeah. get Phil fill the ball more. Dude. But, uh, okay. but like, run. Phil like but like Phil. realistically, like there's a lot of talent there, <laughs> and it just needs to do it. There we go. It
0: wasn't loud enough. I'm not gonna stop. <laughs> no. What is it?
5: That's why. That's why Ali passed me the mic was just to buzz me. Wow.
2: Um, okay. She knows
4: you're long-winded. That's true.
2: With that, uh, someone commented on the live and said, "Yo, Papa Dre, Italian Stallion."
4: That was definitely that Spencer was that, was Dre, right? that was definitely Spencer. Shout out yes. to Spencer. What's up?
2: Um, We will be doing these podcasts live most of the time, so be sure to um, leave us comments and we'll answer your questions. Shout out to Iceman also for leaving us nice comments always on the Denver Sports Podcast, just saying nice to hear you guys all. So we appreciate you, Iceman. Uh, do you have anything? You look like you have something to say.
0: Oh no! Okay, (laughs) I had something to say on the last topic, but you cut me off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never coming back. We (laughs) gotta wrap it up.
2: Um, as always, be sure to leave us ratings. We we got a one star rating, guys. How oh, dare no. they? How dare they? Only one, but so go. It go was probably
4: that guy who did not like my anti Broncos take.
2: <laughs> it, it's possibility. Look, there's
0: five <laughs> stars right here. Okay, all right you have to here. do is just copy this,
2: and and then you got out add another one for. Drew. And
0: I don't belong mm. in that
2: at all. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, well, go leave us a review. Go leave us a rating. Leave <laughs> us your comments on the Denver Sports Podcast post, and go vote for who won the week. It's going to be an interesting one because we we had a lot of different discussions. But we'll see you guys next week.